Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Game of Loans podcast with me, Sam Norris. Now today we're doing something a little bit different um, because this is not a property-related podcast in terms of it being directly related to property. It is more business, it is more marketing kind of uh episode uh, because today on the show we've got the very fantastic Billy Garton Jr. Now Billy is a social media strategist and manager and he has a company um, he lives over in the States he's a Salford boy but he lives over in the States and he has a, a social media marketing agency that he so he helps um, businesses grow their social media presence um, through marketing online which is something that I think is incredibly important for all property businesses and all businesses to be honest at the moment while we're not maybe able to focus on the day-to-day we can look at other ways to grow our businesses and so i thought it was really important to get um, billy on and we're very very fortunate to have him so if you do like this episode please tell everyone about it um i'm loving the positive feedback that i'm getting from you guys so far so please do keep it coming um, and also don't forget to rate and review the podcast but for now here's billy garton jr <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Game of Loans podcast. Today's a very special uh, day because I've got Billy Garton Jr. on who is not into property at all, but he is an absolute genius when it comes to social media. And as many of you know, I harp on about this a lot and I was really keen to get Billy on to discuss all things social media for business. Um, and Billy, you're coming to us from the good old US of A, aren't you? So welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great. And yourself? Yeah, always brilliant, always brilliant. So Billy, um, you're, you're pretty pretty prolific online, but for those that don't know you or haven't come across you before, um, do you want to just give us a bit of a background as to who you are and what you do? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm obviously, I'm in the US at the moment. I'm in San Diego, California. Um, but I was born in Manchester, England, actually. I was born in Salford. And so uh, at the age of two, I moved out here to San Diego. Obviously no choice of my own at that point. But um, and, and I've grown up and... and I've grown up a lot in the football world. I know we're going to get into the marketing side here, but I also play professional football. I've, I've, I've got a contract here in the States playing professionally. Um, and so basically my journey has led me, wherever I've ended up has been, has been through the football. And initially I got into the marketing side because I needed something while I was attempting to become a professional that wouldn't tie me down to a nine-to-five job. And so that's how I got into it initially without realizing how much of a passion I actually had for it, you know, and so the marketing side has almost taken over in a way. Um, and I genuinely see a, a future in, in, in this world. Um, and it's obviously in the present now as well. I'm, I'm, I'm managing to do a lot of good things for, for myself and for clients. So yeah, yeah, just, just, I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm really passionate about, about what I do. I'm never going to profess that I'm, the absolute expert of all experts and king of all kings in this domain. I feel like I know a lot and I feel like I'm knowledgeable, but similar to most people, I'm learning every day. So I'm just excited to share what I know and, and what I'm continuing to learn, you know. I love that. Um, I, I'm a ma- massive advocate of just just because, you know, you're you're deemed to be an expert in your in your field doesn't mean you can't carry on learning every single day. So it's uh, always refreshing yeah, no. to hear, hear, someone, hear someone say that. It does my head in when people say that, like when, when people try to profess that they're a know-it-all, when in, in fact we know they know a lot, but they don't know everything, mm-hmm. I feel like people go the other way there, you know, and so I'm trying my best to be as humble in my approach as I can, while also giving as much knowledge as, as, as I'm learning, you know, 
Yeah, I definitely think that comes across. And I think that's a, that's a key thing as, as we move into talking a little bit about marketing. Obviously, as you know, um, my world is all to do with property. And I do think that property investors, and actually, if I just talk about my own industry in terms of mortgage yeah. brokers, you know, the, 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 the marketing is, is actually pretty poor, I think, across the board um, online. Yeah. Property has traditionally been quite an offline marketing industry um and and i i think a lot of people that i come up against they're quite um well they don't really know where to start i suppose so in terms in terms of you going back again into how you sort of got into marketing then what were the first kind of steps that you took what were the platforms you adopted early what did you start learning early doors that allowed you to sort of create a bit of a foundation yeah um well i threw myself in at the deep end really (laughs) i realized that i had to just go for it and and that's what i think most people miss out on is they they're too scared to start which halts them from making any progress whatsoever i I mean i started i failed i started i failed i went and i failed and i didn't know what worked and then eventually something clicked and it worked and, and i've doubled down and tripled down on that and then everything else that's come from there has been trial and error really until until you get what works and so the platforms that i started off learning um, I wanted to, to become an expert in everything because I obviously have my agency and I wanted to be able to provide everything for people. Um, but I initially became an expert in Instagram organic growth um, because I knew that the initial clients that I was going to be pitching myself to didn't have the budgets, just being honest, to be able to afford paid ads on a monthly basis. So I wanted to be able to come in and say, pay me a monthly retainer. I'll take over your organic Instagram and I will absolutely grow it and get it flying within the area that you're in. And so in the esthetician world, in the real estate world, in the sports industry, where a lot of them were very niche and they needed clients within that specific area, I found myself quickly become an expert in niche organic uh, Instagram growth. Interesting. So you... Um, you'd take over their their accounts and then and then basically kind of run run it for them. Would they be helping you by providing you with with content? Because I know that you're a big advocate of you know having a, a personality. Really, obviously, with, yeah. with yourself, you're quite a big personality, so it's easy for you. <laughs> Others might struggle, but it's quite important. So, how, how did you manage that? How did you actually get to to get their sort of personalities across? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a tough one because really at the end of the day, it's on you. You know, I, I had to have the mind shift because two years ago, I wasn't comfortable in front of camera. If you go back and look at my content, I only really started promoting myself and talking in front of camera probably nine, 10 months ago, really going hard at it. Um, because prior to that, I was in the same boat as, as 90% of people where I was so insecure about what other people would think and thought so much about how I'm going to get judged when I put out a piece of content talking with myself in front of camera that I never did it. And so professing that to people definitely was hard initially. Um, and so that's why the clients that I went into were a lot service-based. And so fortunately for me, it didn't require them putting them, their face in front of camera for my initial clients. Um, estheticians where you can just literally show them performing a treatment. Um, obviously the real estate agents where you can do housing, film in the house that they've sold, you know? so. Those things didn't require as much them putting themselves in front of camera. It would have helped. Don't get me wrong. Estheticians, if you can put yourself in front of camera talking about the treatments that you provide, talking about skincare routines, it absolutely would help. But I knew at the time that it was a massive obstacle for me to get by. And at the time, I didn't know how to convince people to do it. So I tried to stick to what I know best, which was I wanted to profess to people, I'll take all the work off your hands. You don't have to worry about anything and I'll just get results for you. 
And I felt that maybe trying to convince them at the time to put themselves in front of the camera just stressed them out too much that I didn't, I wouldn't have closed them on a deal, you know, because they didn't, they weren't willing to do that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've mentioned there, obviously Instagram, um, we, we both love it. Um, and, but one thing I try and say to, to people is, is try and sort of, get on as many platforms as as possible would you agree with that even literally when i talk about platforms i'm not just talking about sort of the, the facebooks and, and the instagrams but also things like twitter that people seem to have thought is, is back in the dark ages but linkedin which is having a bit of a resurgence even youtube you know i certainly see that as a platform and obviously tiktok we've discussed but also things like this like podcasts you know they can be a, a, a sort of extension so do you think that when you're first starting out, do you think you should actually try and just create some kind of presence across all or, or should you just become like master yeah. of one or two and then branch out? You should create a presence across every single one and you should double down on the ones that are working. And the reason being is because at the end of the day, it's free marketing, which I don't understand why people wouldn't take advantage of that. You could have 10 followers on Twitter, but one of those followers turn, could turn into the biggest client of your life and it costs you nothing to plow information out to them. So yeah. I, I don't understand. I really, this is something that really mashes my head why people wouldn't try and maximize their efforts on as many platforms as possible. Um, I'm at the moment, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook as well, even though Facebook's really slow at the moment. Um, and then obviously I have my podcast, which is, which is in the process of being filmed right now and banked up with episodes, which then will be released on the podcast app and also, and also on YouTube. And so I think, Going back to my point, like it's free market. You have the, the chance to market to people for free. I don't care if you have 10 followers or 10 million followers. That person with 10 million followers could have no one who's, who has any interest in them. And your 10 followers could be genuinely engaged and interested in what you have to offer. So at the end of the day, use that advantage. Like if, you, if someone said to you, you can run a TV ad for 90% off, and you don't know who it's going to be targeted to, which is really what a TV ad is. People would snap your hand off for that if you won't use a, a, a chance to market for free to anyone in the world they want and take and take that advantage to to plow out content to them. I, I really yeah. don't understand. I really like your point about um, about the, the number of followers as well because I think I mean look I, I've been guilty of it and I don't know if you've ever felt the same, Billy. Is is that I'll get I'll get hung up uh, occasionally in, in how many followers I have. But realistically, it doesn't doesn't really mean a lot if none of those people are actually engaging. And and one thing I said to somebody recently, um, and feel free to shoot me down because you know this stuff a lot better than me. But um, I said to somebody recently, um, if you've got in a specific niche, we think of influence and online celebrities in the millions of followers. But actually, in order to run a successful business or to be a successful personality, in an, in an industry, you don't need millions of followers. You need a small community of a thousand, two thousand, maybe a slightly more um, really engaged followers to become a relatively well-known person in property, real estate, or in sports, you know, medicine, or do you know what I mean? Whatever niche it yeah. is. So, well, I mean, I'm I'm really hoping you agree with that because otherwise, I'm going to come across like an absolute fool. No, no, I do agree. <laughs> I do agree with that. I think to a certain extent, for for brand recognition and brand trust a couple thousand followers within your niche, I think does the world of good if they're real and if they're organic. Um, I had a client that I went into last year and, and when I took over the person who was managing their marketing before them had bought them 20,000 followers and really they only had about 200 real followers. And so they're getting one, two, three likes a post. And I just went in and I went, that's, 
you're getting people commenting on your on your photos when they come to your page saying this is this is bullshit. You've got like you're basically lying to your audience. And for brand recognition on social media, never ever 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 buy followers. That's like lying to it. That's like lying to people. Really, is what it is. And so, to your point, yeah, you don't need thousands and thousands and thousands of followers to to have a sustainable and successful business online. You know, if if those core group of people are really engaged then then you've got an unbelievable chance to to build a business there you know and to get to that couple thousand it doesn't take doesn't take very long if you're plowing out good content so yeah and i mean you're you're somebody who you know we're saying you don't need thousands of thousands of followers but you are somebody that has amassed quite a large following um especially instagram and tiktok which uh you know considering the length of time i think you've been on both those platforms is is quite astonishing really so yeah how have you actually got to that point you know how how, how do you go from zero to say fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand followers on a on on, on a, a platform like that what is what was it you mentioned earlier about you have those moments where you, you twig something and it works what what was it that, that allowed you to get to that kind of following? Well, there's, there's a few things really. Um, and it's different for different platforms because obviously different platforms, you can use different metrics to grow. Um, but to grow your following on any platform, it's consistency, it's managing what works and it's listening to your audience. Those are the three things because you can post one great photo, but if you're doing that once a month, you're never going to grow. You need to be consistent in your approach. I post every day if I can on my, on my Instagram. I post four to six times a day on TikTok. Um, and then, but you need to combine that with my last point, which was evaluating what works and listen to your audience. Because if you go in and you're posting four to six times a day and, and fucking people hate your content, then mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to go nowhere. You know, you're actually probably going to lose followers. But, what I was doing with my four to six pieces of content initially, I would take maybe the one that got a little bit of traction and the next day I'd create two pieces of content around that specific thing. And then you evaluate what's working, what's not, why it's working. And then you double down on that and you go harder and harder and harder on that. And that's how you propel your growth. That's what I've done specifically on TikTok is I won't lie. Like I found that people were engaging with my, I jump in the pool every, every morning as I think, you know, I, I jump in the pool every single morning to one train your mind and, and, and it's got great health benefits and stuff as well. But I have tweaked that video so much since I first started. I'm at day 115 was this morning. But since I first started, I've realized what works. And if you were to go back into my first video, where I probably got less than 100 views on my on jumping in the pool to a couple of days ago. One of my videos had like 700,000 views of me jumping in the pool. And it's because I've seen what specific things I can say, how I can start the video, the specific different things that people respond to, how I can end the video so it creates sort of some sort of loop that people engage with. And that's how the views have gone up and I've continued to grow. Like, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I've got a, (laughs) it's a weird thing to say, but a pretty strong core. And people have engaged with me when that has been like my my focus in the video like the video starts or the cover photo is me standing there like full like i'm going for it you know yeah people seem to love that and so i've banked off the back of it 
absolutely and you like like you've said but you've, you've written i've literally I'm, I'm making notes by the way i'm not just ignoring you while you're saying that was stuff. great i love it <laughs> but you, you said listen to your audience and i think that that's that's so key isn't it because um joe funny enough i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something that's live right now my wife is downstairs and she's um she's bored bless her and she's uh, she's very crafty and she started making these these dolls basically yeah. um and they're kind of like they're all a bit like voodoo dolls um and i've got to say they're absolutely amazing and i said to her um she said oh she's made like 20 of them and they're really good. And she's posted them on Instagram and stuff. And people are saying, Oh, they're really, really good. I really like these. And she goes, Oh, maybe I could sell some. She goes, Oh, but I don't think they're good enough. And I said to her, I said, no, you've got to listen to your audience. If people are saying, if people will pay for it, if people will buy them, then, then you're doing a good job. If people are saying, Oh, the head's wonky, then don't, then make it not wonky. You know, you, and yeah. it's the same. It's the same for anything. It's just selling, selling a product. And I suppose social media post, a post on social media. I don't know if you'd agree with this. Is is a little bit like a product. It's one. It's one product that goes out there, and then you you listen to to what the response is to that, and then you and then you you, you change it up, and you and you and you make it make it a bit different. So I know that was a really weird analogy <laughs> that I used. No, with no. My wife making dolls, but <laughs> well, you're you're one hundred percent right though, because I mean that's how. Nike and all these big companies at the moment are, are evaluating what works. They obviously have products that they send out to people as well, but they, I have no doubt that they have someone who evaluates in the comments and the engagement that they're getting on, on different posts with different sort of boots and things that they're releasing, what's working and what's not, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's, that's the way you go about it. If you, it's like a broken, <laughs> it's like the definition of insanity on social media is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. Yeah. How can you expect to post the same photo again and again and again and get different results if the initial audience that you're posting it out to aren't engaging? You know, you've got to tweak. You've got to tweak and, and reevaluate and, and change different things until you find something that works and then you run away with it, you know? Yeah, and I suppose that's, it's just like anything. And you're, you're, it, and it comes back to, you know, you and I were discussing off air how we, we both sort of found TikTok through through Gary Vaynerchuk. And, and what, what Gary V says a lot about is, is giving value. And ultimately, the audience are going to be the, the barometer of, of, of what is valuable and what isn't. Um, and I've certainly seen that. You know, I, I put out my... my um, the video that got me the most views, which pales in comparison to, to, what, to what you've done. Um, but I think I got about 12,000, 13,000 views on a video on TikTok. And it was literally me telling everyone that the Bank of England had put the base rate down to 0.1%. Um, and that, that, I mean, no work went into that at all. Then I do another video where I've managed to get the little chihuahua that's downstairs to give advice on mortgages because I did a little voiceover for that gets like yeah. seven views. And I think, hang yeah. on a second. Yeah, that's just, it's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying especially because you can put more time into, into one, you could put hours and hours into one video and it just doesn't work. And one yeah. video is taking 10 seconds, like you, like you said, and, and you just upload it and people engage with it, you know? Absolutely. I felt, I do find as though that, I don't know whatever it is, but um, I mean, we're going into talking about TikTok specific here because um, I was saying, saying you off air that um, I've, I understand the importance of the platform and certainly it's, it's a growth market and, and it's, uh, it's there for early adopters to get in and be yeah. the guy in you know, Midlands property or the guy from, mm -hmm. you know, the guy from Salford who is, who is into property, for example, using my niche as, as the example there. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, it's just not, it's not really working for me. Um, so I know that you've, you kind of got off to a good start. I've seen others um, that have got off to a really good start and are, are amassing large quantities of, of, uh, of, of followers, I suppose, on a daily basis. Um, 
is that is that something that's important actually getting good content out early or can you spend two months not really doing much and then suddenly just something's just going to click that, that sort of allows you to expand your your reach so it's a little bit of a fine balance um i have a few clients that are on tiktok now and even the the advice that i've given to to my own my own brother and my own family members at times is that my own brother had a couple hundred followers but initially but wasn't getting he wasn't growing and we couldn't work out why he wasn't growing because the content just wasn't performing that well and then we realized and what i realized is that tiktok within your first few videos will establish what type of content you're putting out and so regardless of the hashtag that you're putting out it will still send it to a core group of people that it thinks based on your first few videos will be interested in so if i were to do my first three videos talking like doing football sort of stuff and then all of a sudden i started to transition into marketing no one in the football industry gives two fucks about what i'm talking about in marketing you know and so my content wouldn't have gotten growth so my brother, for example, I said to him, all right, start over. Screw these 200 followers. Start over. You're just going to focus as a dancer. You're going to do everything to do with dance. And this is the content that you're going to put out. And it's been like a week and a half now. I think he's got six or 7,000 followers he's got wow. in, in a week um, because he just doubled down on that specific content and, and went for it, you know? Um, but what I will say is if you've already established that niche and the content isn't performing, then you just need to reevaluate why the content isn't performing because you're clearly talking about what you want to talk about but there's certain things that you're doing that that aren't working and and if you want we can get specifically into the metrics and 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 the details of it but there are there are so many different things that you can do on tiktok to to grow and the only way you aren't going to grow is by being boring and being showing a lack of passion and also giving no information or value to to your audience similar to the other platforms but tiktok's yeah. a little bit different in that respect getting into a little bit of a nitty-gritty because i think this is something that could benefit people when they're talking about multiple platforms is is yeah. the use of hashtags um i've always been thought and, and, and I'm, I'm asking this question actually on the back of being mm-hmm. asked it twice by two separate people over the course of two days which I thought was weird was was asking me about what I do with hashtags and I've always kind of thought well you've got to try and mix it up a little bit don't use too many don't use too few you know mix it up a little bit but if we then look at TikTok specific um, there was a phase where everyone was doing sort of hashtag for you page and that kind of stuff which seems to have gone by the wayside but Going into what, what you just said in, you know, being consistent throughout, would you use the same hashtags over and over again? Or do you use sets in a similar way to, to Instagram used to be? How are you, how's your, what are you kind of doing in that, in that side of things? So, so I do different, I, for different platforms, again, I do different things. For Instagram, I use sets. And the reason is because if you can, if someone's typing in a hashtag and you've only got one post within that hashtag, they might not see it. But if they're scrolling through the, the videos in that hashtag and, constantly they're seeing your face eventually they're going to be like oh i'll click on that i'll watch it you know whereas tiktok i don't really feel that people are typing in hashtags and and looking for content that way the content is just plowed out to people that engage with that hashtag on tiktok and so if i put hashtag marketing instagram's going to feed it out to a small audience that are interested uh, sorry tiktok's going to feed it out to a small audience that are interested in marketing so for instagram i have sets that i use um, but for TikTok, I change. I try to change it up, um, not drastically. Like with my pool videos, I have a similar probably base of like three or four. I have I have a base of probably 
10 to 15 different hashtags, but I constantly am sort of interchanging them, changing them in and out, maybe adding one or two new ones here and there, because what you don't want to do, and to your point off air, was that you see my content a lot, which, I, which I'm glad that you see my content a lot, but I don't want the same people always seeing my content because then, then I'm never going to be able to grow, you know, and also people can get fed up. Like if I'm on day 115, they're like, you know, I've seen day 80, I've seen day 60, I've seen day 10. It's just going to be the same thing. You know, I want to still be able to grow my audience as well. Yeah. And you know, there was another thing that I saw you doing um, for a period of time. And I've got to admit, Billy, I was, I was looking at it and I was going, really? This is, this is working. And it was your, you did a, you went for a, a period. I don't think you do it much anymore where you were just saying, I'm, this is just a blank video. Basically. I'm not, I'm just putting a video out for, for, for video's sake. Yeah. I've got, I've got to ask you, cause I've been dying to ask you, did it work? Did that help? Um, or was it something that you, you kind of thought, okay, I've tried it for a while and it, and it just isn't really taking a, a little bit. I was testing it out. Um, just to see, uh, I was trying to mix a little bit of humor because people who do watch Gary Vee, he literally says put content out. And so that was just me going a little bit too far on it just to yeah. say, I've I got found it funny. Today, but yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, a few of them did get traction. Um, I think one of them got up to like 50, 60,000 views, um, which is obviously lower than, than the ones that I'm, I'm getting now. But at the time, yeah, that was, it was cool. You know, I just thought I would never have posted that on Instagram because I just wouldn't have gotten really any engagement, but TikTok, the way the algorithm works is it gets view time and it's based off of how engaged you can keep your audience throughout the entire video. And so I thought that that video at the time would have been something that regardless of whether I'm giving value, it's a bit of lighthearted content, something that maybe people will be like, that's pretty funny. Maybe I'll watch it again just to show, or maybe I'll show people or maybe I'll share it with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to work quite well. So, yeah, no, I, I like that. It's, um, as I said, I, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with it, but um, I'll, I'll keep going. Maybe I'm not consistently posting. I'm doing like, I'll do like three posts in one day, one post in another day, and then I'll have a day off and then I'll post sort of four times the next day. So maybe I just need to be a bit more, a bit more consistent with it. Like I have well, I'd, other, I'd, other platforms. I'd also think about two things as well. How much value do you feel that you're giving in your posts is one? Like, do you genuinely think, is your content being created for you? because you've decided this is what I like to talk about and I'm going to talk about it. Or are you, or are you in the mindset of this could help a few people? Um, and so I'm going to talk about that. And then also how much are you gen is your passion in the video genuinely shining through? I feel, and I attribute a lot of my growth to how passionate I feel I get in my videos and how I believe it with every ounce of my being, what I'm saying, you know, you could be talking so much sense and so much value, but if you're talking very mundane like this and you don't change your tone of voice, people aren't really going to engage, but you can literally say, this is fucking bullshit. I'm talking absolutely no sense. But if you're, but if you're going higher higher pitch and changing your tone of voice and you're really passionate about it, people will engage more with that than the the piece of content that's giving all this value, you know? Yeah. I think that, I think that's it. And actually, like like I said, some of the, some of the stuff that, um, that I see actually gets gets traction um, is where maybe I'm a little bit more passionate about it. So, um, and I, but I think I, that goes across platforms. And and I wanted I wanted to segue into LinkedIn a little bit because I know that you're a big advocate of LinkedIn as well. And this yeah. is where I mean LinkedIn and TikTok. Let's be honest, are pretty much like chalk and cheese. And if we're thinking <laughs> of it from business a business purpose now, LinkedIn has always been that sort of business foundation. But 
I've I've just to be honest, be quite honest with you, I use LinkedIn like I did Facebook a few years back. Um, I'm posting cat pictures on there and all sorts, um, <laughs> depending on what day of the week it is. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like an animal madhouse in here, unfortunately. Um, but I've 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 seen that you've been sort of talking a little bit more about LinkedIn recently. Um, how differently do you treat your platforms? Um, and is there an element of crossover? Because I'm, I'm a big advocate of trying to, you know, show off yourself no matter what platform it's on. So is it just that maybe you show off a little bit more of yourself when you're on TikTok or Instagram than you would do on LinkedIn? How, how, do, you, how do you do it? And what kind of advice, I suppose, would you give to people that are really looking to take advantage of, of LinkedIn for business at the moment? Yeah, so for the different platforms, it's it's... Again, it's going back to evaluating the mindset of your audience when they're on that platform, you know? Like, I, I feel like I can show more of my goofy and personality sort of side and, and lack of real professionalism on TikTok because the mind of people when they go on TikTok isn't looking for business advice or looking for this professional guy in a suit and tie who, who's talking more business-like. So I feel like that's where I can get loose. You know, people go on TikTok at the end of the day to, to see lighthearted content. They're not there to, they're not necessarily there to learn something. So if I can teach them something while also being engaging and lighthearted, then that's my mindset on that. Mm. Whereas I know that people log into LinkedIn, for example, they don't log into LinkedIn to see someone messing about or anything. You know, they log in to, to maybe learn something or they log in to make a, a connection or they log in because they want to give their two cents in one specific expertise. And so, that's where I see LinkedIn. And so my content on LinkedIn is, I mean, like you said, it's chalk and cheese, LinkedIn and TikTok. I've, I've never posted a piece of content on LinkedIn that I do on TikTok. I just, it just doesn't relate in any way, shape or form. But to your point, you can still get your personality across on the platform while on LinkedIn, while being engaging and also insightful and giving value. Um, I, I do post sometimes the videos that I put on Instagram on LinkedIn. I just change up the captions a little bit and, and I change up the, the wording in the first three sentences. And I'm sure you've seen when you go on LinkedIn, you only want to read more if the first three sentences <laughs> entice you to want to read more. And then you have Absolutely. to click a little more thing where, where the rest of the writing goes um, up, you know, so you could be giving all this value in, in the bulk of your message, but if the first three sentences haven't engaged, the, the audience, they aren't really gonna, gonna click on it, you know? So it's evaluating that mindset and it's also being crafty and creative and, and doing a little bit of thinking behind scenes is what can I write here that will make people want to engage with, with my content. And so that's one avenue is, is posting your own content. But where I've seen the most growth on LinkedIn is, and I talk about it a little bit, Gary Vee talks about it sometimes as well, is actually engaging with other people's posts you know, and it works a little bit on Instagram. It works a little bit on the other platforms as well, but it works massively on LinkedIn. Like people are so much more engaged with the comments on posts on LinkedIn, just as much as they are with the actual post. Yeah. So you can literally give your two cents in, in 90 videos a day of, of the niche that you're in and you'll build an audience like that, you know, if you're consistent with it. It's funny because you, I was, that is where I was drifting onto now is to, is to talk to you about engagement because, um, I've, I've tried this. Um, I've gone a couple of days 
where I mean I used to go quite hard on Instagram posting three three times a day three four times a day um yeah and I scaled it back to one um and started to just go hard on engagement and that's where I saw and and on stories actually as well and that's where I, that's when I saw my follower numbers and engagement amount sort of just go go through the roof um do you think that they're just you, you could actually end up just engaging and not putting out much of your own content and still growing or do you think there just need there does need to be a bit of a balance so there needs to be a bit of a balance and I'll, and I'll tell you why you on linkedin you can grow by just engaging with people the problem is when people go to your page if they see you're not putting anything out yourself they immediately lose trust in, in whatever trust you they feel like you feel or you feel like you feel by putting out that piece of value mm. and so that's i also talked about this with facebook right now like you're not really going to grow on facebook organically but if you're running an ad on Facebook, you need to have the filler content to back it up. So when people click on your page, they see that you're a legit business, you know? And so for LinkedIn, it's similar, even though you can post and it can, and it can go viral on LinkedIn, but you need to have your own content there just for the legitimacy of you as a person or you as a business, you know? And so that's why I, I post a lot of my feed on, on LinkedIn, um, maybe once a day. I should really be getting more as I go here. Um, and hopefully I will when I start to be able to outsource my, my content work and stuff like that. But the a lot of that is just so when I going and engaging with other posts, they can come to my page and, and see my most recent video, my most recent post talking about something similar within that world. And it's like, oh, this guy's actually legit. You know, he actually is, is in this world and, and trying to talk about it. He's not just gone on there and thought, you know, fuck this, I'm just going to, start talking about this and i've got no clue about it you know absolutely and i think that that's that's the key for me is um i went through a big phase of of just sort of like going through and this is all part of the learning curve isn't it i went through phases of just going on on instagram and linkedin and just sort of just doing the the silly little comments like yeah this is great or nice post and Mm. yeah you get some kind of traction but you don't get a huge amount but actually if you take the time you're better off commenting on say 20 posts with a really nice detailed bit of feedback or asking a question or answering someone else's question that's already been asked on that post than going Mm. through 200 and just putting a few emojis on um so it is you know the the word engagement is quite prevalent isn't it it's quite an important word you genuinely are having to engage you genuinely have to engage with with your two with your two cents in the comments like saying great photo or great post doesn't do anything on LinkedIn really you know it doesn't no one is really going to click on your profile from that they want to see that you're knowledgeable about about the space that you're talking about and that's where you can engage with with uh with different relationships and things even if it's a post that's not that viral and you want to leave your two cents you could actually build a connection with the person who's put the post out which you never know where that where that could lead you you know absolutely it's it's it's, it's, it's funny I um Back back in the day, I actually I did what you what you um, the advice that you gave to your brother when it came to um, Instagram. Amazingly, I actually met my wife on Instagram. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't I don't wow. tell that many people that. Um, so I have my original um, profile where I met Emily on, um, but I changed it um, about it would have been last January to 2019, um, and to to I set up a new one. And um, I always remember when I first started, I, I added a few a few friends and one of them was a guy that I played rugby with and I started to get the bots 
going along and commenting yeah. all the time with just the same stuff with a few things. And he used to come on and go, and I used to respond to all of them because in my head, I'm thinking, well, that's two comments now. I've got a bot yeah. commenting, which is fine, but I'll put a detailed comment underneath. It counts as another comment. That's good for the algorithm. And then my mate yeah. would come in underneath and go, you just replied to a bot, ha, 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 which I'd then reply, I'm very well aware, mate, but it helps me with the alg algorithm. I've now got four comments. I'm thinking this, this, this is great. Comment as much as you want. Um, he doesn't follow me anymore because um, he got really, he started to get really pissed off with me. Um, funny enough, he moved me to the States as well. But um, it just goes to show, doesn't it, that actually people get annoyed with when they see some of these bots that aren't really engaging, like we, we would call engaging, but you can use them to, to a certain degree because you can, yeah. you can reply to these comments and you're doubling up. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the there's a a few ways on Instagram where you can use them and make them not come across as bots that actually do work and actually doing grow grow your following. And we we I don't want to get into more of those details on air, but off air we can talk a little bit about that as well. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to profess that that I haven't used those in the past or haven't attempted to use those and, and they haven't worked as they have just a simple fact of the matter if you do it correctly and you use the right messaging and you use the right targeting and details it it can work um where i feel you'll fail is if you're using that and and people go to your page and your content shit you know yeah. <laughs> and so you have to be genuine you have to be organic you have to be putting out content on a daily basis that is going to engage with an audience once they visit your page you know and i say this to all my clients like I can do this for you 100% and it will work. Like you see, it works for me and it works for other clients. But if you want to take over and you don't want to let me manage your Instagram, you need to be putting out content every day and making sure that you're on the ball with it because anyone who's coming to your page, if you're not putting out good content, they aren't going to follow you. They aren't going to engage with you. They aren't going to have any interest whatsoever, you know? And so that's where my strength is, is I can bring so many people to your page. And, and, and also if I'm managing it, then I can, also manage how much you're growing as well because we're going to put out good content but yeah if you want to do it yourself you need to you need to be putting out content and you need to be really focusing hard on what content can you put out that is going to engage your audience yeah you know? i suppose this comes on to um and this was kind of where i was going to going to sort of wrap wrap things up with you anyway is to, is to ask you this question towards the end is that um one thing i get a lot of um is I get my, obviously most people I work with are property investors. And so they've got a very specific yeah. niche that they work in. And they say, they constantly say to me, especially if they're quite near the beginning of their journey, I don't know what to post. Um, and and it's, it's sometimes a difficult question because I seem to always have a million and one ideas. In actual fact, the problem I've got is forgetting the ideas that I've come up with. Um, and I, I'm, the note section in my phone is full. <laughs> um, yeah. but, 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 you know, I, I don't, it doesn't come across that you have issues with, with coming up with content, but for those that, that do, and maybe, you know, they might be a bit older than us and they're just starting out and it's quite new to them. You know, where, where do people start when it comes to creating content, especially when it comes to coming up with ideas and wanting to try and yeah. find value somewhere in, um, in, in putting this content out? Yeah. Well, going back to the notes thing, I write all my ideas down. As soon as I have one, I write it in my notes and that's where I've got a bank of content banked up that whenever I feel like I don't know what I want to talk about, I just go in there. Oh, I remember thinking about that. That's where I can post it. But in terms of the, the actual content creation, I think a lot of experts in their niche put themselves in the position of, I have to come across as an expert to the other experts. And you don't need to do that. Put yourself in the position of a normal person who has no clue about any sort of idea or Such business that you're idea. in. 
you know? And that's what I do with all my content. Like I don't have to come across as an expert to the other experts because if I did, it'd be so hard for me to create content because I'd be like, well, they already know that. So I won't talk about it. They already know that. I have to dumb down a lot of my content in a way for, for the audience that doesn't know it, you know, talking about little obvious details to, to anyone who's a marketer, but not obvious to someone who's not in that realm, you know? And so for a property investor, obviously I can't go specifics into the details because I'm just not quite an ex- as, as much of an expert in that specific realm. But think about things that a normal person on the day to day doesn't know and start talking about that because you don't have to who gives a shit what your other expert within your niche thinks at the end of the day they're not paying you to to, to bring them business the the audience of of these normal people that you're bringing value to are, are who's going to pay you so i mean if, if you dumb down the content and think about what you've learned along the way to get to where you are i think there's so much content that you can get out of that that will actually bring value to people you know do you know what that that's an amazing piece of advice actually and one that i could probably learn from myself because you know the the niche that i'm in within property is finance which in itself um i always joke to my clients i apologize to them i say i'm really sorry i forget that not everyone speaks mortgage um yeah because it is a completely you know separate set of terminology and and i put a post on um i can't remember if it was today or yesterday on instagram which is just a little carousel of um a couple of of, of terms more you know mortgage related finance terms that for me i was posting that thinking are people going to literally going to comment on this going, are you fucking joking, Sam? This is the yeah, most basic yeah. thing. But actually, I've got a ton of likes, loads of comments, massive engagement. And I think it's such a, that's a brilliant bit of advice there, Billy, to be honest with you, which is the people that are starting out. Actually, just think about what the normal person on the street doesn't know and what you do. And that's where that value is, because it's all about giving value at the end of the day. It's not about the hard sell. It's not about telling people, I said to you off air, I don't tell people, come and you know, let me be your mortgage broker. If someone wants yeah. to come to me, they do. And that's great. And a, and a relationship is genuinely formed. Um, that's, that's much better. But, um, but yeah, giving, giving value is just telling somebody something that they didn't know already that they wanted to know. It's as simple as that. Well, isn't the way it? I, the way I think, the way I think about it is like, I put all my content in, in sort of this realm is that if I was sat at the dinner table with a family member or, or sat at the dinner table with a close friend and they were talking to me about what I do, I would have no problem talking for an hour about what I do and, and giving them as much value as possible in the simplest terms. Yeah. And so that's where I could have gotten 50 or hundred pieces of content because they don't know anything about what I do. And I'm simply telling them and giving them as much as advice as I, as I can in yeah. the simplest forms, you know, and that's the way I think about my content model. And I think anyone, if they, if they deploy that sort of mindset rather than, Oh, I wonder what Johnny who's also in the same niche as me is going to think about me putting this out, which is a pretty dumb thing to say in the big world of, of this. Who, who cares? You know, you, Johnny is one person versus the 200 people you've actually resonated with who have no clue about, about the world you're in. Absolutely. No, do, do you know what? You, you made in, in, the, in my head, I was laughing when you were saying that about um, talking about what you, what you do for an hour to you, to your family around the dinner table. I do that and I get yawns um, quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I have to actually stop myself because uh, my, my wife, my wife, my wife um, says I've got an alter ego, which is finance Sam um, that I go, I go into um, and she hates it. She goes, I didn't marry finance Sam. Um, so I, I have to actually stop myself from doing that. So when you were saying that, I was trying not to laugh because I was just, that's all I was thinking about. Um, 
Well, but look, um, Billy, it's genuinely absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Um, you're, you're just such an insightful guy, and I, and I really, really have enjoyed getting into into this a little bit more. I know we could probably, well, I, you, I know you're busy. I could probably talk to you uh, for hours <laughs> oh, and it. hours and hours about this. Um, but look, before I let you go, um, obviously, I'm sure everyone's going to want to come and connect with you across social media now and, and see more about the kind of stuff that you've been discussing. So, um, for people that aren't already following you, how, how's best to go about um, getting in touch and, and following you? Yeah, so on all my platforms, I'm dubbed as Billy Garton Jr. My dad's Billy Garton as well, and he actually played for Manchester United. So when you type in, I only Billy found Garton, that out recently because I'm not a big did. football football sort of follower. So I, I um, when I was looking for a picture for you that I could put on um, uh, for you know on, on posts and stuff, and I typed in yeah. Billy Garton, and it was just this guy that played for United. And I was thinking, who's this yeah. fella? <laughs> yeah, so, so that's why that's my dad. Yeah, so I've had to. At the moment, until I get big enough, when you type in Billy Garton, his name's popping up. So I had to, mm. I had to do Billy Garton Jr. is the way I'm, I'm going forward. So, yeah, on all my platforms, I'm Billy Garton Jr. My, I have a marketing agency, Forever Growing You. ForeverGrowingYou.com is where you can, you can find that and inquire about any sort of marketing tips and advice. And, and also, obviously, hit me up on Instagram. I get a lot of DMs on a daily basis asking for specific advice, consulting work, sort of things like that. So, so that's where you awesome. need to be and I'll um yeah I'll make sure that we um we get all of those in the show notes so everyone can just That's click so through nice and easy. But there is one last question, and this is going to be an interesting one because you're in the states. Um, I ask everyone as a final question. I've I've discovered this since I've been on lockdown, um, and I've I haven't had quite got to the point where I have had counselling or anything like that for it. But I've now come to terms with the fact that I'm a massive chocoholic. Um, I eat I eat so much chocolate that it's oh it's just I mean we've just had the Easter end of Easter sales. I went, to, I went to Morrison's and we were in lockdown here. I sort of tempted, tempted, you know, being done by the law, went to Morrison's and literally filled my choc- my, my trolley with half price chocolate from, <laughs> from Easter. But this is, like I said, it's gonna be an interesting one. What's your favorite chocolate bar or candy bar as I saw they, they savor in, in the States? I would. It's, it's dairy milk, simple as for me. Really? It's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the get... one I've been getting the most out of everyone. It's dairy milk, just yeah. just the uh, the old school. Well, whatever. It's, it depends because you're going off of here, and I can't get a Maltesers bar here mm. <laughs> with the same chocolate. I think it's made by Hershey's Maltesers here or something because it just doesn't taste the same. But if I was in England, it would definitely be Maltesers. But here, it's it's got to be dairy milk unbelievable and i'm the same as you i've got a massive massive sweet tooth for it which isn't good for the football side of things but yeah massive uh, sweet. interesting more teasers uh, that's uh that's that's a good one mate i'll um <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send i'll send a box out to you just send me your address i'll send, <laughs> I'll send you a box out um that. awesome billy absolute genuine pleasure as i said um take care of yourself um if you haven't been in the pool or oh, you said you have been in the pool i was going to say go and have a dip but uh, go and have another go and have another one i'm sure it's warm over another dip. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us today no loved it thank you very much i really really enjoyed it cheers well there you have it another one bites the dust as they say but let me ask you a quick question did you enjoy this episode if so please do subscribe to the podcast as well as rating and reviewing it. This really does help me get my podcast out to more people and I'll be eternally grateful. 
As well as this, are you in property and wondering what to do at the moment? Well, if that's the case, I've set up a fantastic new Facebook group called Social Media for Property Investors. Check out the link in the show notes below and join us where we will discuss all the things that you need to know to smash it on social media. See you later.